0: That if you're using a meditation object such as the breath or Buddha, and it's, the mind just won't stick with that object, it's just thinking all the time, endlessly, then you might try a different approach sometimes, which is to use thinking wisely uh, and use memory, use the intellect, direct your thinking to uh, contemplate this body that means just using the memory and the thought patterns that you have already and directly you think about this body, contemplating it, looking at impermanence uh, Dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, not self, and the unattractiveness of this body so, you know, it's like leading your mind, that all that energy that wants to sink where well, you're thinking and directing it to, to the body looking at the body, how it ages, how it will die its impermanent nature, when it dies, what happens to this body well it turns into a corpse, starts to rot swells, gets bloated gradually um, disintegrates as it rots, all that's left is bone and it goes to dust when it's using the thinking process, just going through that running through the body, that's just an example it could be other aspects of the impermanence of the body The unattractive side of the body, Uh, contemplating the body as elements, uh, seeing how the different four main physical elements make up this body. So you're leaving this meditation with just thinking, just thinking based on intellect and memory, thinking about staying within that subject matter or that, that boundary of the body. Uh, until the mind starts to calm down because that reflection is a re- might have quite a powerful effect on the mind to cut through a lot of the other uh, stuff that we're thinking about normally until the point where one maybe can start to just stay with the breath and uh, go back to uh, the, the mantra which whatever you know, one does it to the point where the mind can let go of its thinking now this way of Practice or well, contemplation using wise reflection, well, uh, the first foundation of mindfulness, so that's dhyana, pasana, satipatthana, developing insight into the true nature of the body. You might say, for an hour, and we have an evening meditation session, so you might do it for an hour in the evening. You just learn to keep your mind, you can think, you can let it think but just within the boundaries of this body and contemplating the body the parts of the body, the aging of the body, the death of the body, the nature of the body to degenerate and decay visualise as well, or just intellectually thinking it through but for that whole hour you're learning to just think around this one subject without going outside of that subject so you have some freedom in the sense you can be creative, you can use your mind thinking that way but you're not thinking about other things, you're learning to cut off them and you'll find after that one hour well your mind might tend to want to think as usual, proliferate go off on all kinds of stuff but it won't be as extreme as before, it'll tend to be more settled than before so if you practice regularly like that then it will start to calm down regularly and you might find you get more and more control over your mind Another technique is to do walking meditation, and do it for long periods. You really walk for quite a long time, so physically you start to feel tired from that walking and you'll find the effort you've put into practicing mindfulness of walking, uh, working with developing mindfulness and then walking for a long time, so physically, you extended energy at the end of that you'll feel, you'll feel probably that the mind isn't thinking so much, it's not so much going on uh, so you know, use your opportunity in a monastery like this when you've got free time you can do long periods of walking, long periods of sitting really to, to push the mind a bit more and you'll find that actually um, will, will calm it down more what saying, But what uh, Sean was saying if I
1: can go to body parts of like like images and sort of intellectual knowledge. But then also feelings, start to get a little sort of afraid for sort of feelings. And I just don't know how to let go of those famous feelings. Let's say there's bones, there's muscles there's thin, but like feeling it's like it's hurting. So <laughs> it's mm-hmm. how to sort of
0: contemplate that? Yeah, it's a no, normally you don't have these sort of feelings, it only comes when you start to do the meditation? Or will you normally have these feelings anyway? Well, my body lately has got
1: a lot of to do with it, and sometimes it gets too much. And when I sit, and just the thought of going through pain again, it's just... I don't know how much I can get myself so or how much I but can... It, but it's
0: it. pain that you've got from other reasons already, it's already coming up from your lifestyle, the work yeah. you're doing and things like that you can experiment a bit maybe try contemplating the body as the four elements, earth, air, fire, water yeah. um,
1: that one doesn't
0: <laughs> would you still have that, if you try that then would you still have these various pains anxious feelings, or discom- feelings of discomfort but would they still be there? That's what you have to investigate you're changing the object from being a super to just four elements, one or all of the four elements using that, that contemplation to see this body as elements. And then you see this, that pain or the sort of discomfort you say is an obstacle, is it still there? Does it still arise? Is it like space or
1: something between
0: giving an example of how you might meditate so the breath, contemplating the breath that goes in and out this is the breath, the air element you know, there's no personal being or self in that it's the air element that's coming in, fills the lungs, goes out and then the air around different spaces in the body you know, wherever there's a space in the, the bowels, the stomach various parts of the body, you know, air will fill that space you get movement as well you you get gurgling and bubbling and all kinds of stuff this is all air element when you're contemplating though it's as if you're gathering up all these different parts of the air element you know, visually, mentally you're doing this and you're bringing them out and putting them to one side and that's all the air element that's there and the earth element, you go through the body what is the earth element? There's all the solid heart bits the bones, the hair, the, the The bits that feel hard, they all come under the earth element, so you're gathering them all up and you're putting them in another pile. The liquids, liquid air, water element, you think what what is the water element in the body, the blood, the urine, all the various liquids, bringing them out and putting them in another pile. And finally the fire element, the heat or lack of heat, just the temperature change in the body with digestion and so on, you're bringing that out putting it there so it's a mental process of focusing on these different aspects the four elements separating them out from each other and from this self the sense of me being a whole, whole, solid person separating them out then you can put them back together again you bring them back in, Okay, there's the the air, the earth element, the water, the fire bring them back in to remake yourself as a person then you break them down again back into their respective piles you can do that back and forth to give you this sense of there's no one really here. And this is these elements. You know, don't make up a person. They're not a, They're not something that I really own. They're elements. obviously one does that repeatedly and often, before maybe the insight becomes very really clear. But that's how you're doing it. This sense of separation breaking down, and then you can put them back together and then break it down again. The point where the mind really sees this is not self. And you might find also you know, the way to know is no longer a bother when one's doing that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these kind of practices take time, so one has to have a lot of patience, patience, willingness to just keep with it, endure through it to keep the practice going, to turn the mind to do the practice. But it's a skill, it's something with experience, doing it more frequently, more often, you know, you want to get skilled in that until the mind does start to calm down and becomes peaceful and still from the practice. It would be fair to focus on one's strength and just
1: to keep making it strong, not to be more the you. you know in other areas. And in mm-hmm. that way, the strengths convey eventually
0: into the world. When we talk about strengths and weaknesses, you might have to define it more clearly. You know, that is, there's weaknesses and there's weaknesses. And there's weaknesses that we have to do something about, and that's sila. In the sense, as monks, we have to maintain our sila, put effort into that, maintain that. So, a lot of the weaknesses that we do have to sort out, uh, let go of, improve from that change and that, to do with Sila. You might say that's just an ordinary level of practice, of learning to, to keep the precepts, body, speech and mind, restrain ourselves, uh, practice within within the Vinaya, the Sila that we do. you know, You can't ignore that, those kind of weaknesses. But then, on a more deeper level, some of the weaknesses we have, we can say, well, it's a matter of wasana, which means our you know, character and, and accumulated qualities from the practice, some stronger, some weaker. Our bharami, you know, how well our perfections are developed and matured. And you know, that will take time, as i like to say, as our practice comes up. Strengths come up. Well, it will pull, uh, develop our barometers to the point where you know, the weaknesses um, will will be overcome that way. But in the beginning, you can't ignore your weaknesses. You know, on the level of Saint Seiya, on the level of samadhi, well that takes more time. So it's, it's developing samadhi. When you develop samadhi, obviously you're know, you go a lot of weaknesses in that sense. You maintain freedom from the hindrances once your mind. It comes one point. Here. But that takes time, that's a matter of your long term spiritual development, you might say, your Varma, your Vasana.
1: It's like, you mm-hmm. just get, you continue to get the skill bring bringing uh, a stable mind into.
0: just keep focusing your mind on the present moment whatever activity, whatever you're involved with, that's where you keep training the mind to to do that well and properly with mindfulness and don't let your mind get distracted off into other issues, other things just keep going back to the present moment what you're doing right now and you'll get stability from that Just saying, uh, in in this country, it's perhaps harder to find those places which traditionally, say for Buddhist monks, have been places to develop meditation, like cremation or charnel grounds, um, forests with deadly wild animals, and so on. Where you you go to those places, it sort of has a good atmosphere, confronting atmosphere that forces you to work with your mind to make it one pointed in the meditation and um, we, you know, we have forests but we're probably not allowed to go and sit in graveyards at night uh, and obviously there's no tigers wandering around the forest here so you, know, that you're, you have to make best, the best of what you've got, use the, the opportunity, the forest, the quiet places to develop this, this meditation and really work with your mind he says, uh, it's not necessarily an easy thing to make the mind peaceful and still and one point, it's, they, in his younger days, might take a month of you know, practising every day really working to develop mindfulness of Buddha to keep the mind focused on its object until it really settles down and that's you know, every day work, working at it for a, a month at a time to look, get to the point where some, see some results from that um, if we haven't reached that point we'll just keep working at it keep, be willing to work at your practice develop mindfulness and contemplate a lot if your mind's not settling down on its meditation object yet we'll use a lot of wisdom contemplate the Dhamma the, the truth of things just keep turning your mind to that as a way of cutting away uh, the distracting thoughts and the different issues that are bothering you um, and there's just there's different you know, situations that can lead, lead to the mind becoming still. When they were building the Ubozda Hall at Wabapong with Ajahn Shah, all the monks had to do a lot of work carrying this earth in to build an earth mound that they built the hall on. And they got these little things that we have, these baskets, and you pass one from one to the next monk. And you know, when you start the job, you tend to be energetic and chat with your friends and go on like that for a while after a while you get tired you've got no more energy to really speak much so you just go quiet you're still doing it. you just become mindful of the movement of the hands practicing mindfulness of the body in that posture in that activity doing that you got very peaceful sometimes the mind actually gathers together in samadhi because it was too tired to do anything else they just focused on the meditation object. It's uh, similar to that, what he was saying about walking meditation. You know, if you walk for a long time, you pretty much walk out the, the energy of the mind to think a lot, to proliferate a lot. You just walk so much, you know, the mind doesn't want to proliferate anymore, so it goes quiet. Just because you've done it so much, you become a bit physically tired, and mentally you know, the mind's lost its energy to, to go thinking a lot. So you have to, you know, really, really keep at it, keep practicing, keep working at it, and then little by little you can get your mind to that point where it becomes still. You have to use a lot of effort in the practice. An important thing is to keep going, but don't let your mind drop to a sort of a level where, you know, even though it's hard to develop samadhi, it's hard to see results from the practice quickly don't let your mind drop into a state of sort of depression or negativity where it's really confused unmindful unhappy because the longer you stay in that state well you you won't be very good for your practice so you want to be keep bringing your level of your mind up keep working on bringing up your faith or inspiration your effort your energy keep bringing that up Um, and then just keep working at the practice Um,
1: That really becomes more oh yeah.
0: When once it does become a little bit more peaceful, then you get this sense of you want to practice. It's no longer such a chore or such an effort that you have to force yourself. At first, you know, you have to really force yourself, do the practice, come to the meetings, do the sitting, the walking meditation, and you know, there's a sense of oh, I've got to work at this, force myself to do it. Perhaps, but over time, you find if your mind starts to calm down. Well, it's no longer such a sense of forcing yourself, it's more automatic, more natural the mind inclines naturally to want to meditate to do it more, it feels more peaceful and the more peaceful it is, the more automatic it is uh, it feels like there's less effort involved I can I think that absolutely true I'm <laughs> not you can use chanting as a way to develop mindfulness and energy in the practice regular chanting, learning the chants we have to learn chanting in the morning, in the evening uh, and in your own time as well use chanting as a way to focus the mind, steady the mind um, and that can be a meditation in itself or it can be a good preparation for other meditation objects said uh, said things like as a monk learning the Patimoka very good meditation for bringing up energy and effort and mindfulness in, in that task and then you can use it different times like when he was a young monk one time he went to stay at Wat Kuen, this island monastery which was a big big forest quite a lonely, desolate sort of place sometimes they uh, used to bury corpses there and it had wild animals as well Staying at a kuti, and the kuti's in that monastery, like some of them, are like one kilometer away from the main hall, so you're really on your own. And you might be meditating, and you just, instead of just sort of absorb the atmosphere from around and get quite a lot of, uh, sort of fear or tension coming up. So, what to do? I'll use the chanting of the patimoka just to calm the mind and completely let go of any sense of fear or attachment to the sort of desolate lonely atmosphere there by using the Patimoka as, a, as an object <coughs> um,
1: that's, uh, that's an
0: they are they are good practices but it has to be for somebody who has some energy in their practice not something you know to take on lightly and then become a source of suffering um also has to be done with wisdom so like say the one staying at the foot of a tree sort of camping out at the foot of the tree not suitable here in the winter too cold and wet but maybe in the summer one can do it um, all of these practices are for developing energy and for going against uh, craving and attachments uh, Attachments to comfort, to uh, the things we like and so on So like using cooler uh, cloth and cloth from a corpse um, uh, to practice, not lying down for the night So one is more energised into, into practicing meditation uh, limiting the food one has, so just eating one one vessel, putting all the food into one vessel, and so on. They're all to bring up effort and energy to train the mind to go against pleasure more. So they can be useful like that. But one has they have to be done with wisdom and not taken on too, too lightly or when one on one's not ready for them.